Heroes Season 2, Episode 35. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Man. Ramsey, how are you, my friend? I'm feeling like Tony Stark, thanks to CBD. <laughs> yes, indeed. Isn't that great stuff? I mean, I, I just did a 47-mile bicycle ride the other day, or yesterday. And I mean, like Catalina, I climbed some mountains and stuff. I came back. My body was aching. My knees were sore. My back, within about 20 minutes, I put the CBD oil on, and I just let it soak in, and, and it was just a matter of stretching after that. That stuff is unbelievable. Instantaneous relief, people. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. It's so real. what have you guys been doing? Let's introduce the whole show, and we'll find out what's been going on the last week. Robin, what have you been up to? Robin with a Y. Robin with a Y. Robin with a Y is here. What do you got for us, Robin with a Y? Say hello to us. Hello, hello. everybody. Hello. All right. And we have Paco, the last man standing. Hi, you. <laughs> Silver. Technical genius. Yes. And we have the queen of Queens, New York. The queen of Queens. We have Miss Karen here. Hey. Hello. Hello. He's tapping away on the laptop doing all sorts of research. Anyways, so, so, Jack uh, and everybody, let me tell you something that I, it was, when I look back, it was an inappropriate conversation, but it was appropriate. And, like, I stepped out of myself and I thought, wow, this, this whole conversation sounds terrible. Let me explain what I mean. So, I went into work uh, earlier right in the morning and so i go to starbucks i don't drink coffee but there's a couple things that they have that i like there so then i'm i'm there and the girl's like hey how you doing you know and she asked for my name she's like oh i like salad your name is Corey. so i put my uh card you know uh the chip thing in there and it's not working and she's like oh you know what uh take it out and put it in again so I take the card out and I put it in again. It's still not working. And I pulled it out and I was like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I pulled it out, you know, too quickly. And she's like, oh, that's okay. Solid. Go ahead and do it again. I, I said, all right, I'm going to put it back in. I yeah, you can't, you can't pull it out too quickly. Yes. And then she said, oh, now you're solid. Mm -hmm. And so then when I was finished and, and I walked to my car and I thought, what a crazy conversation that if somebody had just listen to us and not saw what was going on. How inappropriate is that? And I didn't even realize that I was doing it. Oh, you know what? I put it in, you know, I'll pull it out. I pull it out too soon. You know, and I say that sometimes when it comes to the card. I'm like, you know what? Maybe in this day and age, I should be a little bit more careful with my words. Now that I'm an older man. In college, we had a lot of foreign students coming in. And one of the biggest complaints they had was that English, you can use the same phrase and it can mean 10 different things, whereas in other languages, it's pretty, uh, the, it the one word only has one phrase or one word, and that's yeah, that particular is, language. Yeah, why texting is such an issue. People can text one thing. We actually got a text from our mechanic. We thought he was furious with us, and it turned out it was simply, it was simply an update. <laughs> but, but, yeah, things can be taken many different ways in the English language. <laughs> All right. So, All right, so what's our itinerary today? Well, you know what? Uh, I said I promised last week that I would have some more information about Fort Hood. So 
well, you know what? We should just call this segment Under the Hood. And so I've got some tidbits on, you know, what's going on there. So the latest soldier who, who was found, you know, who died, Elder Fernandez. So he was found hanging from a tree in Temple, Texas, about 28 miles from Fort Hood. So uh, Fernandez in May reported that he had been inappropriately touched by a male superior. He was transferred, but somehow the word got out to his new unit and it led to a great deal of harassment, belittling, bullying, and hazing to the point where he was feeling suicidal and he checked himself into a hospital for a week. He was picked up after a week, dropped off at home. He was supposed to have been monitored, but he wasn't monitored. And that was the last time that he ever seen. He spent a week in the hospital because he was feeling suicidal. And then he was picked up. He was supposed to have been monitored. He was picked up. He was dropped off at his residence. That was the last time he was seen alive. So they found him. They found him dead. Now, here's something that I find extremely uh, interesting. That when the when he was missing, they said the investigation was ongoing. That's what Army CID said. Now that he's been found, they're saying that the investigation is closed and they didn't find anything. I find that extremely suspicious. Now, I did some more digging with uh, Fort Hood, and I'm going to tell you, the numbers are angry. So we've had 15 deaths all total in 2020, but in the last five years, we've had 165 soldiers assigned to Fort Hood have died, and that's according to the Public Affairs Office. 71 of those individuals have committed suicide. Well, wait a second. There's a suicide rate that, that comes with the military right now, so some of that gets chalked up to that, right? It gets chalked up to that, but however, I started looking at some of the articles so from Stars and Stripes and military, because I can go online and I can go back. There have been all kinds of articles talking about the abnormal number of deaths in, uh, in Fort Hood going all the way back to 2009. And 165 soldiers at Fort Hood that have died, that is astronomical compared to the other. Now, now 165, 165 deaths. Non-combat related. Right. Over, how, is that just in five, five years. Okay, that's five years. So that's we're looking years. at about, well, we're looking at about 32, 33 deaths a year. So we're yes. looking at almost one a week. Yes. One every, one every week and a half. And that, I have to tell you, is astronomical. And, you know, I mean, there's been all kinds of shootings. There's been mass shootings there going back to 2009. You had a, a Major Hassan. He killed 13 people, injured 30, 32 in a 2009 mass shooting. You know, uh, in 2011, you had a private who was arrested near Fort Hood, and the statement was he was going to attack fellow soldiers at the post. Right. He, 
and he was going to continue until everyone that was accountable paid for their deeds. I, rem I remember that story. I remember that story. Yes. Then of course everyone knows about everyone knows about the 2014 shooting. So we've had, I mean, we've had a lot. I mean, to the point where the Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy, he just did a recent visit and he said the numbers are very high here, and they're the highest. Also, he pointed out in sexual assault. So they're leading for deaths. They're number one in deaths. They're number one in sexual assaults, harassment, and murders. And this is according to the Army Secretary. So that's well, why let me I, ask you something. Let me ask you something. Go How ahead. much higher are these numbers, either percentage-wise or numerically? How much higher are these numbers? Like, are they double, or are they 10% higher, or are they ridiculously off the chart, like 90%? Uh, with some bases ridiculously off the chart. With the nearest base, I'm glad that you asked that. With the nearest military base, because I went through and was calculating, they're 40% higher in almost every case. So it's a clean 40% across the board? It's a clean 40% across, okay. uh, across the board. That, that's, that, what the, that that's what the highest, the next highest. Yeah, but that speaks volume, because if you've got a 40% increase... Yes. In all of the in sexual assault, in in deaths, in suicide. If you've got all that, then you've got you've got a mechanical problem going on there about the way they're doing things because it should not be it should not be a forty percent greater. I mean, I don't understand why those numbers haven't shocked the powers that be long before now. Like I know, and that's a great point, Jack, because I went back and I was looking at the articles. And there's articles in 2010, in 2013, in 2016, talking about all the deaths, mysterious deaths, and suicides. I mean, there's all kinds of soldiers that are uh, drowning, that are disappearing, that are going to clubs and getting shot. Yeah. Uh, now, something else that I just learned, and this was two weeks ago, Three soldiers were arrested last week in a child prostitution sting that was conducted uh, right uh, right there near and or at Fort Hood, and so. So this is a whole this is a whole separate thing than people ending up being murdered or committing suicide. This is a whole separate issue. A whole separate issue. It may have something to do with it because it was three soldiers that were arrested for this. Yeah, but and three so, guys. I mean, yeah. Corey, you and I are pretty coordinated. I mean, with each other. I mean, we're, we yes. can go in tandem, no problem. If we get somebody yeah. else who works well with us, and we wanted right. to have a crime spree, I don't think the three of us could flip Fort Hood and create 40% more chaos. Exactly. That's what it is. I don't think the three of us could influence Fort Hood to the tune of 40% increase across the board. I don't think it could have happened. No, I, I think no, I think it's a real systemic problem. And I think that this would be getting if we didn't have the other things going on in the news, I think that this would be at the forefront of our news right now. It is a major problem, but there's articles all over the place about what's going on. So it may seem new to us here at JV to the pros, but this has been going on for years. 
There's all kinds of articles about this. And see, because I'm U.S. and because I'm U.S. Navy, and I was pretty far away from Fort Hood, different places that I was stationed and being overseas, I just wasn't hearing about it. Well, I mean, it's not like they're bragging about it. I mean, but I don't understand why NCIS or I, I don't understand why why something isn't being done to to counter this or find out where the germ is is growing from. Because see jurisdiction though, Jack, and because they can close ranks. And so when these crimes that are happening on base, the investigators, I mean, they can close it off. They can just, they can very easily, very neatly tie it off. If you've got families that are losing family members to murders and suicide, and then yes. you've got a whole other child prostitution thing going on, Yes, and maybe, maybe who knows what else? I would yeah. think, I would think you need a clean house, and you needed to start in two thousand nine. Yes, I mean you're eleven well, years in now. Well, you know it's getting, um, you know, the unfortunate thing with uh, Vanessa Gillian. Right. I think we've had now there's some light shed on it, and you just had an individual last week, a San Antonio man was arrested and charged with making terroristic threats after he had threatened to commit a mass shooting there at Fort Hood for, rea for rea re retaliation against Gillian's killing. Yeah, but you know what, let's, let's face the facts. I mean, someone who is being emotional in the moment and makes terrorist threats, I mean, honestly, the most you're gonna be able to is three to six months. I mean, really, unless, unfortunately, unless they actually do something, there's really right. no consequence for making a terrorist threat. I mean, let me yes. give you an example. I mean, Karen and I were watching a TV show called um, Court Camp, in which okay. people people attack um, people that have been com convicted of murdering family members, and they uh -huh. jump from the gallery over that little wall and attack the person convicted. Mm -hmm. But those people, they get sentenced to a day. I mean or no charges at all because the judge understands. If you're caught in the moment and you're making terrorist threats, you could be just spouting. You could be in a bar saying, I'm preparing. I got weapons in the car. And you might have nothing. I mean, that's right. not the problem at Fort Hood. Fort Hood no. has a bigger problem than that. Yeah, it's got, it's got a tremendous problem. I don't know what's going on there. They're going to have to – I mean, they're going to have to – figuratively tear the place down and bring all of those people to bear, bring all those leaders to bear. Because everything that I've read about Fernandez, about the bullying, that he felt suicidal, and somehow they leaked the information. And also, he reportedly contacted his family and said that the person who harassed him, the man who harassed him, was following him as well. Sounds very similar to what happened to Vanessa Gillian. It, it, it actually, you've, you and I have had this talk. It reminds me of Santiago from A Few Good Men, the movie. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and apparently, I mean, apparently this, this storyline, this, you know, this has happened and is happening and continues to happen. And nobody seems to be doing what they've been hired to do. And that's to protect the weaker. 
Yeah, there's something uh, there's something really dirty down there, and you know, from time to time, I'm gonna keep gathering information, keep talking to people, and just sort of just keep reporting on it because I know there's there's more to it. <clears throat> well, you've been you've been updating this, and every time I think you've crested, we we find that there's another elevation. We find that there's another peak. I mean, now you've got the you've got these child child um um sex trafficking is you know yes. I mean I mean this is amazing that this much poison is in one fort. Yes. Yes, and it's been going on for years. And it's but yeah, and, brought it to light, but it has been going on for years. Let me ask you something. In in the last fifteen years or so, doesn't have to be accurate. How many times has the, the commander of Fort Hood, how many times has, has that person been changed? Changed? Usually um, usually those posts will go anywhere from five to seven years. You know, so it just depends. So you're telling me since 2009, when when this began to fester, there's been two or three changes of command, and it has continued. Sure, but look at it this way. They pass it on. So it's like it's sports. If you have, you know, an assistant coach, and that assistant coach takes over, and they run the same program. It's the same, you know, it's the same program. Well, wait a second. Because if, if you're, commander, if you're commander being, being changed by somebody within, or are they coming from somewhere else? I need to check that out, and I'll give you a better answer on that next week because I don't want to be inaccurate, but I want to give you something okay, that's really fair accurate. Enough. Fair enough, because because this this onion seems to be a lot larger than than when we started reporting on this a couple of months back. Like I mean, we've been we've been going at yes. this what five months now. Yes, and I didn't know getting, you know and I why? didn't and I did not realize. I did not realize the scope of the argument and the other the, the 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 articles and the issues. And then when I started looking at all of the different deaths and the strangeness behind all of it, it could go right under the truly. Yeah, the, the 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 spectrum of of possible collaboration of yes of of it being a conspiracy, the spectrum yes could be mind-blowing. Like, literally the word unbelievable would apply here. Yes, and I think they need to go down there. This is where we need people. I know we just had the Army Secretary down there, but he needs to bring his people down and really do a thorough investigation. You need a, you need Senate hearings on this. Well, I mean, this has been going on 10, 15 years. We have all these strange uh, deaths. Well, yeah, and you got. I don't understand why families families haven't haven't gotten together because they have this in common. These families have all lost family members at Fort Hood to either suicide, murder, or or you know suspicious circumstances. But see, what I don't know here's what we don't know. We don't know what the different cases are. Are the families being bought off? Are they being threatened? I mean, we don't know. Let me ask you something. 
Robin's stationed at Fort Hood. He uh comes up hanging from a tree 20 miles outside of town. How much money, honestly, you and I, for me, you and I are for me, there's no money. For me, there's no money. Can they possibly give you in which you say, all right, I'm good with it? None. None. There's no. There's no no money that so you with, could with give. So with 165 deaths, you can't yes. tell me there's been 165 settlements. <laughs> but you if know, you make a compelling argument, if you make a compelling argument, it's no different if you have people that believe the magic bullet that killed Kennedy, and you have millions of people that bought into that. You can for each case. If the military puts their mind to it and they can convince you that it was a suicide or a training accident, you're going to believe it. And on top of that, you get compensation. But see, right. now with all and, uh, the, now all the that, sexual yeah. assaults, see, now we have so many women now that are stepping forward and saying, I have been assaulted too. Right. And, and I have been harassed. So they can't hide it anymore. It, it, this this is mind-boggling to me. Yes. It, it's absolutely mind-boggling that 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 they would be able to sweep this under the rug for 11, 12, maybe endless years. <laughs> like, sure. I, I I'm just I'm blown away by the fact that there hasn't been full-on family protests at at Fort Hood demanding answers. I think you might see that. And so I'll keep, you know, I'll keep it going. I'll keep looking into it. And when I get more information, I will, uh, I'll update everybody. That, you know what? You have done a stellar job of, of keeping us abreast on this an inch at a time. What we didn't realize is going at an inch at a time, we had no idea that we might be in a marathon. <laughs> like, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So it hits home. Good job, Corey. Good job. This has been, and I mean, I like the fact that you have these kind of connections, like, you know, like I do in entertainment, you have these kind of connections to get as close to the pulse as they'll allow you, which is great. Hey, I got, I got some more of that um, CBD oil, the RVD CBD oil. And oh, man, uh, I, need it. I did, a, I did a bicycle ride the other day. And my 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 back, my my glutes. I mean, I was that stuff. That stuff is amazing. It's like a miracle. You know, I did push-ups the other day, and my elbow was killing me because you know I've had elbow problems for the longest time now. I put it on, and then it went away. And I'm like, wait a minute, how is this possible? Like one of those containers, literally has like a thousand applications in there. You only need a dot. <laughs> it's like a dot. <laughs> I'm bathing myself in that, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you can order it by the gallon, but yes. I'll tell you what, I, I love the fact that, you know, the, they, they give the, the, the discount. If any of JV to pros, you know, one word, they'd give it, it's at least 10% discount um, for placing an order and putting JV to pros in there. That's, that's great. But even if they didn't give a discount, this is this is such a great product. RVDCBD.com. It's six letters. RVDCBD.com. 
You want to get rid of sore joints, sore back, sore shoulders, knees. You got something that's sore in you, you rub some CBD oil from rvdcbd.com and you put in JBD Pros, all one word, in the discount bar and you'll get at least 10% off. RVD CBD, we strongly recommend. And we're back with JBD Pros, season two, episode 35. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Man Ramsey. Corey, let's shift gears. What do you got? I know you did a teaser last week, but the truth is alien. I told you to stay away from us. Don't give us anything to go on. Just smack <laughs> us with it this week. So, <laughs> so, so go well, for it. I'm going to go with something a little less creepy. And actually, I want to open it up to all of you because there's a question that I want to ask everybody, get everybody's opinion. And then I want to give you my thoughts on it. And it's a real simple question. Why did we as a nation stop going to the moon? That's my question. Why did we as a nation? Yes. Why Why are we not taking trips to the moon? Two, we were so hot to do it in the 60s. Four, and then early five, 70s. Four, and then all of a sudden, we just three, stopped. I, want two, to ask, I think I can answer that. One, Okay. Well, you had the combination of the Vietnam War raging, so Johnson had to divulge more funds to that. But on top of that, um, mostly the role of uh, putting a man on the moon was largely for political and ideological reasons, because it looked much better, and also we all wanted to see an American on the moon rather than a Soviet on the moon. So once we got to that point, it was that that the people lost interest. And if actually, if you look at the his history behind it. There was quite a lot of people that were against the space program to begin with. I remember bringing this on early in the show. In fact, there's a very famous uh, uh, spoken uh, spoken poem called Whitey on the Moon, which is raging about you know the lack of social services to ethnic, uh, to uh, minorities, particularly black people, while spending that money on said moon mission. And even, um, what was the name of the guy who wrote uh, Slaughterhouse-Five? Kurt Vonnegut. He was one of the advocate. He was one of the people that advocated against the space program for the for those particular reasons. Um, now back on this. So at that point, a public interest in the space program was already lost, and it wasn't until Apollo thirteen that it started. The ratings started happening again because uh, news networks described. Right let me stop you right there. What data do you have to say that there was no public interest? No, public interest had dropped. And I said, what I asked, what data do you have that supports that? Well, I've read books on the subject and just stuff on Quora and Wikipedia. So you're saying I'm wrong? No, no, he's asking what I asked a question. What supports that comment? Yes, what supports it? Because that is a very broad comment. And I just want to know what data supports that the public was not interested. No, well, I'll tell you what. I don't believe that. I'll, I'll tell you something. Now, this is actually kind of supporting what Paco is saying. Everyone knows about the movie Apollo 13. Everyone yes. knows about the mission of Apollo 13. But once we landed on the moon, literally, networks were not really covering Apollo 13 until things went wrong and it looked like we may lose the whole mission. And that's when networks started shutting off the soap operas and tuning into what was going on up there. People really were not interested in Apollo 13. It did not pull the ratings until these guys got into a dangerous situation where they may not return. I'm glad that you 
all have mentioned Apollo 13. The mission that I find the most interesting is Apollo 11. And that mission where many of the crew have said that they experienced, including Armstrong, that he dropped a lot of hints that he experienced UFOs and an extraterrestrial presence during the Apollo 11 mission. Now, Neil Armstrong, and I'm going to read you this uh, very quick transcript of his account of what he and Buzz Aldrin saw to an unnamed professor during a NASA symposium. This is the professor. What really happened out there with Apollo 11? Armstrong. It was incredible. Of course, we always have known there was a possibility. The fact is, we were warned off. There was never any question then of a space station or a moon city. Professor, what do you mean warned off? Armstrong, I can't go into details except to say that their ships were far superior to ours, both in size and technology. Boy, were they big and menacing. No, there's no question of a space station. This is the professor. But NASA had other missions after Apollo 11? Naturally. NASA was committed at that time but couldn't risk a panic on Earth. But it really was a quick scoop and back again. That comes from Armstrong, who had also had said that he had seen different things and different structures out there, and that there was also a strange noise on the dark side of the moon. So my thinking is, and I agree that money had something to do with it, but see, in my realm, I know that there were a lot of people in the 70s that were pretty darn excited about, you know, the space race and going and doing something on the moon, then all of a sudden it just went away. Well, and I find, it very, all, I find it very interesting that it all just went away. First of all, I think almost all the time, the motivation of what they do has to do with money. It has to do with whether the money, whether the money will get a return, whether the, whether people will be in support of it, whether people will be in support of spending their tax dollars on it. I think the money is, is always at the root of these decision-making, you know, and even when they, when they kind of stopped the um, space program, that was during the Obama administration. But if you think about it, we are all aware of the space shuttle Challenger, you know, in, in uh, I think it was 86, um, oh, yes. blowing apart. That had to do with money. Politicians wanted that thing up in the air. They didn't care how cold it was. They didn't understand that the gaskets couldn't fly in that kind of heat with that kind of cold. And they didn't care what the consequences were. They wanted liftoff. And that was about money. And those people ended up dying because those politicians were being greedy. So let me give you something from, let me give you something from Carl Wolf a technician at the Air Force Tactical Air Command headquarters in Langley, Virginia. Go for it. So he, he analyzed data from the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbital, claiming that he and his colleagues viewed artificial structures on the dark side of the moon, including radar antennas and structures that he concluded had to have been made by intelligent beings. 
So this is someone, this is someone that I can put a name to. And there are other military intelligence um, officials who have agreed with Wolf and said there's more on the dark side of the moon than NASA has let on. Okay, so he's claiming there's more on the dark side of the moon than what NASA's releasing, right? According to the pictures that are class that are classified. But we don't know what those pictures are, and we don't know if somebody is simply overstating the fact. Right? Well then right, but my thing is why classify the photos if there's nothing wrong? If there's nothing out there, then don't classify the photos. Well hang on. You really you, classify you, something if you, you have worked something. in the military. You worked in the military. They'll yeah. class they'll they'll classify a paperclip. I mean they'll, they'll I mean there's no really there's no real rhyme and reason as to what they what they okay. classify and why. Okay, but let me tell you that's not, not true. Not let me tell you that's not true. They won't classify everything and they will declassify things. So this is stuff that is now more than fifty years and it's still classified. That tells well, me that there's a concern. Okay. So let me let me say that I know that all the information on the Kennedy assassination is supposed to be released in 2061. Now, obviously, they're hoping 100 years, or 2063, 100 years after the fact, they're hoping nobody will care. And there won't be anything anybody can do about it because all the pertinent figures will be gone. All the pertinent so, figures are gone now, and they still haven't released them. Which right, they because they get released in 2063. But I believe there's probably a whole lot more going on out there. And I've said this to you before. It would be extremely arrogant to think, okay, first of all, we're the only life out there, and we're the most intelligent life. The other thing is, and this, this got me sent to the principal's office when I was in school, is when they were talking about looking for intelligent life in the universe, I immediately became afraid of that idea because I thought, okay, if I go to your neighborhood, Corey, and your intelligent life that I've never seen before, mm -hmm. and I'm not as intelligent as you, I'm probably now your slave. Or, or hang on, if, if you're not as intelligent as I am, you are now part of my welfare system because I'm going to have to take care of you. But one way or the other, unless we find evenly matched beings, there's going to be a problem when we discover what other intelligence is out there. Well, my thing is this. I think we've already discovered it. And the thing that I find uh, interesting, and I've been looking into this for a little while, is that there's a significant amount of high-quality, slow-scan television footage that uh, Aldrin and Armstrong had made on what they saw. It's lost. Now, tell me how NASA does that. How do, they, how do you lose footage? Well, I don't think they lost the footage. Exactly. I think, I think they, finger quotes, lost the footage. <laughs> yes. Yes. So they. So my. So that's my thing right there. Why did you lose it? See, that's the question that needs to be asked. 
I agree, money and that kind of stuff, that's the that's the corporate answer. We don't have the money to go to the moon. Yeah, okay. So I, I just I I suspect I suspect there is a whole lot that we're not we're not being privy to. And it's a lot of guesswork. And I think between common sense and just common logic and yeah. common intelligence, I think we are slowly figuring out that they can only jerk us around so long before we finally figure out all the parts in place. And, and here's something, here's the, one of the last things that, I, uh, that I'll throw at you. Why send probes so far out to Jupiter and other places? Why not send it to the place that's closest to us and that's the moon? Wait, no, we've had probes there for years. And what are we getting? Have you seen pictures? Yeah, all the time. China just landed one recently in uh, not too long ago. No, I said us. Well, the us. United States, we already have other... Ro well, we've had satellites orbiting the moon for years. They take long-range scans all the time. Fact, no, I no, can... I want them, no, no, I want them on the moon. I want them on the moon. Well, recently SpaceX was doing a... Saying, are you saying you've seen footage of them, uh, them landing a probe on the moon? That's what I'm talking about. Not far away footage of the moon and seeing the heavenly bodies. That means nothing. I can look that up in an encyclopedia. I'm talking about landing and getting some information and having rovers. I mean, we've completely debunked the whole um, conspiracy theory that we never landed on the moon because now people, regular people, have telescopes. They're able to see the sea of tranquility. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, see, and I don't buy that. And I've never bought that. I always believed that we landed on the moon. I always wondered why it stopped. And even when I was a kid in the '70s, I wondered why did we stop? I think I think what we can learn from planet as opposed to a moon. Now Mars is 250 million miles away, or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. Am I am I am I am I guessing right? I'll go with that. 250 million miles away. I'm not going to fact check you on it. Okay. We'll that. But, but clearly, they're finding out there must have been some life on Mars. Uh -huh. Okay? So they're, they're realizing that there's, there's been water there. So therefore, water sustains life. So scientists are starting to graduate. In, but I don't think when, when Armstrong was up there with the six iron, you know, I don't think they're sitting there saying, okay, maybe something lived here. Because, I mean, frankly, that was Cleveland 1936 up there. Well, that was his words, though. His words was talking about what he saw. On the Apollo 11 mission, he's talking about what he saw about structures. Right. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think uh, a man like that is going to make something up. No, I don't either. No. And so, and so the footage that he had, mysteriously lost quote unquote yes <laughs> so that's why that leads me to believe that there's probably something there because if you're not I, worried about it have the footage if there's something there i yeah. guarantee you that footage will never be lost yes i agree we are you know, in agreement i mean it's like the video footage of the first guy that dated christy brinkley He's never losing that video. <laughs> I got something for you, Corey. 
Yes. Speaking of video footage, Jack, so allegedly about 10 years ago, a mysterious video was leaked onto YouTube, and the footage uh, allegedly describes or depicts a a secret Apollo mission to the moon, which was a joint venture between NASA and uh, Roscosmos, which was the Soviet equivalent. And Mm -hmm. allegedly they, they discovered an alien spacecraft buried on the moon. And this was and this was never made public, of course. And then in the footage, they uh, you can look it up on YouTube. It's actually very creepy. They mm-hmm. actually found a the mummified remains of a human being inside the spacecraft. Is this is this a conspiracy theory, or is there some is there something to support this? I mean, right now, as you're saying it, I'm thinking if they did this secret mission, and if they made that much effort coordinating United States and Russia to go up there and they find the remains of a human being. First of all, I think if they found the remains of a human being up there, I think she's probably wearing a name tag that says Alice crammed it. But, <laughs> but, but I don't think they're ever letting that secret get out. Well, it's yeah. like an open secret or also like, or you let the press tell it for you. It's like disinformation. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, how would you let that information escape? And then wander around unless somebody came up with this idea. Is there any proof that we ever had a coordinated effort with the Russians other than the International Space Station? Well, you had the Apollo Soyuz project in 1974, and that was public. Right, but that was a coordinated effort to travel to the moon. Who created the video? Maybe that's that's the better question. Who created the video? Well, they never identified who leaked it, who, who posted the video. It was just it just showed up on Reddit somewhere, and that was it. But I uh, watch the footage yourself. I mean, it actually look they're wearing period accurate, uh, you know, uh, the wardrobe and everything. Paco, Paco, if I anonymously post something, let me give you an example. We were watching a crime show, recently, oh boy, and what somebody anonymously posted footage of this woman who ended up dead. They were able to track. Was it the IP address or something? They were able to track it right to the house where it was posted from. You know, it's just a fun thing to think about. Okay, the reality I think is it's closer to what Jack is saying. There was just no money. There's there was just no money in it unless you want to put ICBMs on the moon and aim it at Russia. This is a lot cheaper to just you know aim it from Montana. Well, I mean, that's I mean, also the reason, going back, actually, I wanted to carry your thought about the space program and how politicians were pushing for the space shuttle program to be so, you know, prolific at that era. Because in terms of science, we didn't really gain much from it. It was just a glorified, you know, uh, you know, semi-truck in outer space. The only reason why it ever got passed was because, so the military, originally the space shuttle was designed to be much smaller. But the military, uh, you know, threw in money in because they wanted to, they wanted something big enough that they could put satellites in. And it is true if you actually look at the dossier and the history, most of the satellite, most of the space shuttle missions were military related because they were parking satellites in the pay- in the cargo bay of the shuttle into orbit. And a lot of those satellites were military and top secret. We're talking like you know intelligence stuff. Well, here's the thing to keep in mind, and always be careful making definitive statements. So I'm reacting to when you said uh, that there was no there, that there was no benefit. I'm paraphrasing what you said. There was no benefit or no financial benefit. You don't know that because you're not going to get that information. And so you're only told 
the reason. So if the reason, if they're saying that the reason is because of money, I personally am going to say don't believe that because the military and NASA is a branch of that, a branch of the Air Force, has unlimited amount of funds. Unlimited. If you know, they, Paco, Corey, if they want right. something, they will do it. If they want something, they will do it. So just be careful making definitive statements. And like, you can believe what you want to believe, and that's fine. And we all do. But what I'm saying is, be careful saying something that's fact when you don't have any sort of inside knowledge. And that's why for me, I just look at the logistical thing, pushing aside everything. Wait, but look, okay. Look How are you losing, but no, here's the thing. What I'm going to say is this. How are you losing all this classified footage? You have three trained astronauts, trained engineers, who said that they have seen structures. Three meaning Aldrin, Armstrong, and Michael Collins during the Apollo 11 mission. All said that they saw strange things, things that look like rockets things that look like structures, antennas. They're all saying that. I don't think that they all uh, had a mass hallucination, but yet there's no footage of that. For me, I just take two and two and put it together. Yeah, if they all saw it, it couldn't be something from exhaustion that one guy saw because he was tired. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? They all saw the same thing. If they all see the same thing, it's very difficult to disprove that they at least believe they all saw the same thing. Yeah. So, so the information, yeah, I mean, the information is out there, you know, for folks to look up. And I tend to trust in terms of things like that more so than like what I, what someone posts on, uh, you know, on YouTube. Because um, people post all sorts of things. and, and Yeah, but I mean, if, if it's something that sensitive, and that serious, and you post the it government won't have it on there. Track the government will not have it. They will it, not have it on yeah, there. Yeah, but tracking it to its source is a breeze. Yeah. You know, I just threw the information out there, and everybody, you have to decide for yourself. You know what's real and what isn't, and that's why the truth is alien. Is your small business, company, or corporation under a legal attack from a disgruntled former or current employee? It often happens where an employee decides to go for a money grab, hoping the business will just settle to make it go away. Well, this is wrong, and Paul Sorrentino of the firm Jackson Lewis knows this is wrong, and he consistently puts a stop to this method of extortion of businesses. Paul Sorrentino fights for you and protects you from sending out a message that you're an easy target. Paul Sorrentino is considered to be one of the five best attorneys in all of California. Many believe he might be the greatest labor attorney in the country. He represents individuals who may be getting taken advantage of by unscrupulous employers, as well as representing small businesses that might be wrongfully under fire. Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis is the premier attorney when it comes to labor law. He represents several corporations that depend on his expertise in class action suits in which the corporation is being targeted. There have been times when opposing counsel has walked into court, realized they have to face Paul Sorrentino, and immediately moved to dismiss instead of letting the judge see that they're going to get shredded by Paul Sorrentino. 
Having Paul Sorrentino as your attorney is like having a legal superhero on your side. For any of your legal labor issues, call Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900. And rest easy knowing Paul Sorrentino will take the best care of you. Call Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900 and ask for the legal superhero Paul Sorrentino. Tell him JV to the pros recommended you make that call. And we're back with JV to the pros. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Ramsey. Corey, let's shift gears. The Truth is Alien segment was fantastic. That was, I mean, we could have we could have done the rest of the show on that topic. That was, um, I mean, Absolutely. I felt like we were all getting ready to start clicking on YouTube. But then we, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna revisit that. But um, let's shift gears now. What do you want to go to? Well, we, you know, we did have a uh, tragic passing of Chadwick Bozeman, And so I know that uh, a couple of you have some thoughts around that. Um, I, I don't mind going first because, you know, Chadwick Bozeman worked very briefly in an industry that I've worked in for a very long time. But I, I feel like, okay, his passing at 43, I think he was. Yes. Um, extremely young. Long battle with colon cancer. Uh, made the mistake a lot of people make where they don't get, they don't get, you know, full physicals and and that's yeah. that is that in and of itself is a tragedy because I actually um, uh, was working with Cleavon Little from Blazing Saddles. Yes. At the time of his death, same thing, same reason, and it. it broke my heart because I thought I'm working with somebody who had this iconic role in a great, great iconic film. Mm -hmm. And that's what, where his career peaked. I feel the same way about Chadwick Boseman. I feel like his career is defined by the enormous success of Black Panther. Yes. I think, I think if, if he doesn't do Black Panther, I think he's a footnote in yet another actor that may have passed away from the Screen Actors Guild. I don't think I don't think he's a headline on Entertainment Tonight. Jack, I think you're not giving him enough credit. Like what do you, what do you, I gave him I gave him his one credit. He was in Black Panther. He's got plenty not. of credits. Before the MCU, he was like the I mean, he was the go-to guy for a lot of biopics. Where do I begin? Um Beginning with begin somewhere. All right, ready. let's start with the Express, where he played Floyd, Floyd Little, uh, freaking Jackie Robinson, forty-two. You remember that movie? Oh, hang, uh, on a second. hang on a second. I never heard Chadwick Boseman's name when I when I heard people talking about forty-two, and I went to several parties in which people absolutely raved about forty-two, and I never heard his name come up. I never heard anybody mention what a su- superior performance Chadwick Boseman did in 42. I just didn't. So you think you, you or you're saying is his, uh, his skill was not as like, it's great. So, okay. That's an interesting topic. So people were raging about 42. Was it because of just the movie in itself or it's like, yeah, it, it sounds yeah, people, like people raved about 42 because it was Jackie Robinson getting immortalized on film through Hollywood which is like what happened with Lou Gehrig and Pride of the Yankees and the Babe Ruth story, which I was in. Anyway, but when you get when you get an actor 
that gets a part like that and immortalizes a great sports figure, yeah, that there it is right there. I mean, Gary Cooper, who was like a 45-year-old guy playing 38-year-old <laughs> Lou Gehrig, and 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 not even like they didn't even go as far as to hire an actor who was a lefty. They had Gary Cooper batting righty and running to third, and then they flipped the film around because he couldn't learn to hit from the other side of the plate. I mean, Chadwick Boseman, if he doesn't do Black Panther, we're not even having this conversation. I tend to agree. I mean, I tend to agree with Chad. I mean, what I, about, I, okay, I, okay, what about uh, freaking James Brown when he did that movie? Okay, again, I'm not saying that he didn't do movies, but what Jack is saying is that he didn't think that he was a real special actor. And that if it wasn't for Black Panther, yes, he would be a footnote. I I never heard his name before Black Panther. And Black Panther had tremendous success personally, and this is just me. I think his that success of that film was riding the coattails of Creed with Michael B. Jordan. And people knew Michael B. Jordan was in it and several other iconic actors were he in stole that the film. Show. Yes. Michael B. Jordan stole the show of that movie. Without a doubt. Absolutely. Villain Without of the a... Year. He was voted as Villain of the Year at the People's Choice Awards. He stole that movie. You know, and this is not to and I and I know what you're saying, and I understand what you're saying, Jack. You're not you know, saying anything negative about Chadwick Boseman. I mean, you're just not deifying him as right. this great, tremendous actor. I mean, it was a horrible tragedy in terms of what happened, and it was shocking. Someone so young goes down. But I agree, let's not make him into be, you know, this really special actor. Yeah, he wasn't, he, wasn't he, really wasn't. he wasn't Gene Hackman. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't some, you know, amazing, you know, actor that had this, that had this body of work where, where almost everybody could reel off his top five films. It's just but, Black Panther. Okay. Then, and in that regards, so he's probably closer to, let's say, Paul Walker from the Fast and Furious movies. Because no, you don't think so? Because no. Paul Walker did like five or six Fast and Furious films, first of all. And he appeared in some other films, but he was best known for the Fast and Furious films, he was synonymous with the Fast and Furious films. Even after his death, they found a way to get him into the films. Huh. Paul Walker, Paul Walker was a beloved figure in Hollywood. Um, he had he had done a lot of work in Hollywood, but he was absolutely the face of the face of the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's shocking in terms of I think people are more shocked than what happened, you know, than saying like what a great actor he was. I think it's just it's just the tragedy of it all. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I I didn't I mean, even when I watched the movie, I didn't which I didn't think was all that great of a movie. I know that's not very popular. No, good for you. I, I didn't either. I, I, I didn't just either. I didn't I mean, think it was, it was a. All that it, it was a good movie, but it wasn't like fantastic. I don't think it deserved. It was about twenty-five minutes too long. I mean, you hear people tell it, and they'll tell you how great it was. Oh, what a tremendous movie! What? Here's what I will acknowledge: I will acknowledge the significance of the movie, and it had a lot of significance because you actually had a black 
superhero. Yeah, but... that was on screen. So that was something that young people certainly when I when I stood in the uh, in the line for the movie theater, there were a lot of people dressed in African garb. There were a lot of like young kids, you know, that were dressed up and Korea had costumes like Black Panther. That was someone that they could relate to. Now, so, Corey, so the movie had a lot of cultural significance. Now, here's my counter argument. You can't make the you can't make the statement that he's not the first black superhero because that credit uh, on at least I didn't, if, say, I didn't say he was the first black superhero. Right, That's but remember a lot of people in the media when that movie came out were running with that and that we have that we're, we're not giving said, you just said I I can't make the argument. I didn't say that. Right, but you said that he was a major superhero. Oh, like say your your statement was I think I misquoted it. <laughs> yes, you misquoted me. Okay. But, I said he was a black superhero on screen, and the young people related to him. The young people related to him, and so that was a major thing. You had a major black superhero on the screen, and that is not something that we had seen. Blade did not reach the people and did not have the cultural significance of Black Panther because you dealt with Africa and Wakanda right. and it was black centric. And so, do not compare. so if you're gearing up to compare Blade or any other black uh, black superhero movie with uh, Black Panther, it does not equate. Right, but I'll tell you what, Paco. The other thing is when you watch a film where two actors go head to head, I mean, you watch... Um, you watch something like um, Mel Gibson and Gary Busey in the Lethal Weapon movie, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, you know, we watch. You watch two seasoned professionals go head to head. When you watch Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Boseman was a, a lapdog compared to the power and energy of Michael B. Jordan. No, and I Jordan jumped off the screen, and frankly, I think Boseman could have been played by anybody. I think that character could have been played by almost anybody in Hollywood. And most other black actors probably could have played it better. Hmm. And I tend to, I tend to agree. I mean, I don't think we need to belabor the point. I, I think, you know, no, but you, the- you hit on something interesting there because a lot of people compared the, a lot of people, the big, the common criticism with regarding the MCU or the the films that they're all very generic in how they do their in their and how their movies are made and also how they're portrayed, and the fact that they casted him to play that actor and then we saying that there's nothing really you know extraordinary about his ability. I mean he's he was I mean he was adept and that was it. That's all there is. So there's no like there's no dressing. There's nothing like you said. There was nothing memorable about him. Going back to Michael B. Jordan. I think he would. Uh, he connected. He resonated with with audiences far more because of his message. In Black Panther one, I mean. Well, there's there has there been a Black Panther two? Well, they were in development, of course, and then COVID kind of poo pooed that. But what do you mean in Black Panther one? There's only been Black Panther. Well, you know, there's <laughs> got to be a sequel. It's Marvel. Doesn't matter. There isn't. There isn't. It is. It doesn't exist yet. Yeah, well, tell Black it to Panther some suit at Disney. Jack, you know there's always going to be a sequel now. There's going to be a franchise. You got the T-shirts. You got the toys. Maybe not. Maybe not. I think it'll fall flat on its face if they if they try to cast another actor. 
I think the Here's best, smartest thing that they can do is leave it alone. Leave Black Panther alone. Well, look, remember, but this puts Disney in a bind because they were counting on Black Panther to spearhead Phase Five or whatever of the yeah, of the Avengers. Are, Corey, I think you're wrong. I think they are going to find another actor who has the similar look and and is maybe more seasoned and maybe a stronger actor to go in on a sequel because to tell you the truth, it's a cash cow and they'd be foolish not to give it a shot. Look, Caddyshack 2 was a bomb, but at least it made a profit. I yeah, mean, I think this will be... Tales of Caddyshack. I think this will be a bomb. I think that they, if they do something, then what they can do is they can say that the Black Panther mantle has gone to someone else. If they want to just kill him off off screen, then they have a shot. Look, the last well, thing I, I just I hope they don't like digitally put his face over another actor and then they off him because I think that'd be just disrespectful. No, that would be insulting to the audience because they're aware right. that he passed away. That would just be insulting. They'd have yeah. to figure out a way. Yeah, I think they'll kill him off, off screen. Off screen, I think they will kill him off, which I think is the right thing to do. And because and replace the black paper is a mantle. Since right. since he it's a mantle, just like Captain America, somebody else can wear it. That's so I think right. you can get away. You can get away with that. Exactly. And the other thing that Marvel is counting on, in a year and a half, they're going to have the Shang Chi movie, and that's going to be very Asian centric, and it's going to be in the vein of Black Panther, but it's going to be done by um, in all almost an all Asian crew. Look for that. They're going to count on that to be their next cash cow. I mean, Paco, think about it. In '78, they made Superman with Christopher Reeve. They made three of them with Chris Reeves. They never attempted to make another Superman movie after the, those three with Christopher Reeves because they couldn't. Well, actually, um, that's not true. In 1998, Tim Burton was actually going to make a film with a Superman movie with Nicolas Cage. Paco. Hey, Paco. I know this. No, 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 no. Don't mess with the Paco. Jedi Master, son. Paco, Paco, stop talking. They've made like eight. And they've they've replaced Christopher Reeves repeatedly as yeah. Superman. Oh, boy. Yeah, I knew where you were going with it. I yeah, I know. I saw you laughing, and the audience <laughs> couldn't hear you. But you're laughing. You're on Zoom laughing. I'm like, Paco. Yeah. Of course, they made other Superman movies. Yeah, it's Superman. They made other Batman movies after after um um Michael um Michael Keaton. Michael yeah. Keaton. You know, of course, they replaced that character. And, and Black Panther will be just as easy to replace. Yeah, they'll get someone else to wear the mantle. I think that's what they'll now, do. With now, if no. you want to get upset about something, let me tell you something that got me really upset last week. In the last week, I, I sent a message to you guys, and I said, just out of curiosity, what are your favorite five sports films, right? And I'll tell you why, because I got, I got a, an alert from a friend of mine in New York and he was losing his mind. Now, if you could just reel off, you both, Paco, you can go first. What are your five favorite sports films? Okay, uh, number five would be Rudy. Four, you. Longest Yard. Which one? The uh, the remake with Adam Sandler. The remake? Yes. Okay, you were doing so well. <laughs> okay, so then I've got number three would be, I'm thinking here. You know what? We we got to start because I got to I got to list these. Just just say five, any five. I'm thinking here, man. Hey, that first time is a bitch. Okay, <laughs> Major League. So that's number three. Wait a second. I said sports film. 
Yeah, Major League. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> I I just love him so much. What What do you got against Major League? That's a fun. That is a sports movie. Paco. Okay, it it is a sports film. It's kind of a comedy, and baseball is the backdrop. But go ahead. <laughs> oh boy. You said sports movie. There you go. Number no, two. No, you're right. You're okay, right. exactly. You're right. So uh, squeeze me. All right, number two. I should, should have said well done. All right. Sports films. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Number two would be A League of Their Own. Make you happy now? Very happy with that. All right. And my number one favorite sports film of all time. Watch yourself. Friday Night Lights. Oh, wow. Wow. You talk about taking a 3-2 pitch out of the park. You really saved your list. That's a great, that's a good for you, Paco. Great, 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 great number one. Then Corey, that, what do you got? What do you got for your five um, favorite sports films of all time? Just give me five. I'll tell you what I got upset about. Robin has a Robin with a Y has a couple. I came running in here because I was like, oh, I have two favorite ones that I'm going to tell you about. Yeah, okay. so, <laughs> excuse me. The first one is Field of Dreams. Love, love, oh, love that movie. Love Yes. And that's a sports film. Yes. And then no, the it's second a, technically it's a fantasy movie, but hey, it has baseball in it, oh, so there you go. Gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You leave Robin alone. Hey, it goes both Thank ways, you. Jack. And then the second movie is Remember the Remember the Titans? Remember, Remember the, Titans. the Titans. Yes. That was one of my all time favorite movies in the world. That's, that's so there. That film and uh, We Are Marshall, I, I've got those two like head and head as a couple of Corey. What are your five? Because those are those are a couple of great choices. Give them one so, for me. Yeah. Give them a kiss for so me. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Talladega. I'm gonna go with Talladega Nights. That's a um, Wait yes. a second. Race cars. You just, you, you just went major league on. You just went major yep, league on. Um, because there's a lot of sports movies. I'm not a big sports movie guy. So I'm going to go right. with Talladega Nights. I'm going to go with Raging Bull, Rocky, and Rocky. Good for you. What yeah, was the so one Rocky. after? What was after Rocky? Uh, Raging Bull and Any Given Sunday. Ooh. You know what? You that's a great list. That's a very that's good a list. Great, that's a great list. And the Rocky Queen of Queens. The Queen of Queens has. She did. She she was not given this this email. So yeah, I'm not getting the email. No, no, no. I only gave it to Corey and Paco, but Robin jumped in. So what are your what are your? Okay, we have Miracle. Oh, okay. Now wait a second. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Miracle was with Kurt Russell in 2004 about the 1980 hockey team, right? Yeah. Oh no. Miracle on ice. He played her Her Brooks. Yeah, but. A great piece on that 80 hockey team. It's called mm -hmm. Do You Believe in Miracles? It's an HBO special. It's a one hour. It's called Do You Believe in Miracles? Much better than Miracle. I'm just yeah. saying. It's true. Very true. Uh -huh. I've uh, seen it. It's good. I also have to add Rocky. Because she lives with me. Yes. <laughs> but my as a kid, it was the Bad News Bears. Oh. oh. Yeah, Walt out there. Okay, yes. yeah. Now with Billy Bob Thornton. Okay, all right. So let me tell you. I mean, you guys probably can figure out what my list is. It doesn't matter. 
Rolling Stone magazine came out with their top sports films of all time. And I get a call from a friend of mine in New York who he's, he's losing his mind over this list. And he says, you've got to see this list. When I saw the list, I'm going to just count it down from about 25, and I'll just do it quickly. But you guys got to tell me what you think. First of all, Tin Cup is on the list at about 25. Oh, yeah. So they lost me right there. Thank right. you. Okay. Miracle is on the list at about 24. Chariots of Fire. Rudy. A movie called Blue Chips with Nick Nolte. Oh, you? I've oh, seen Blue Chips. You guys know this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it top 25 all time? Personally, no. But nah. Okay. Not really. Okay. Any Given Sunday. Yeah. Bend It Like Beckham. Mm. Okay. Now, the Bingo Long Traveling All-Star and Motorcades. <laughs> what the? Yeah, I don't even know what that movie is. I don't even know it what existed 30 seconds ago. What is that? I'm a big Stallone fan, and they got victory with Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone on the list. They got The Big Lebowski. That's not a sports movie. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Major League. Um, to, to, to Rolling Stone's credit, The Big Lebowski's on the list, and in parentheses underneath The Big Lebowski, they wrote, this is kind of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with the seriously? Why did they write that list for? I mean, it's the natural. Okay, that's okay. That's definitely Mickey, Mickey Rourke in the wrestler. Yeah. North Dallas Forty with Nick Nolte and um, I'm thinking it's Chris Christopherson. That's an old movie. Or or, or um, Mac Davis. North Dallas Forty from like the seventies. The Endless Summer. You guys know what that is? No idea. We're getting into the we're getting no. into the top movies. Endless Summer from 1965. Got it? You know what it is? Fat City. Mm. From yeah, 19 never No, never heard of it. Have you ever heard of a movie called Murder Ball? Yeah. You have? Yeah, it's a documentary about paraplegic uh they, uh, don't they play basketball or dodgeball? Paco, Paco's mind amazes me sometimes. Yes. you. Yeah, I've never heard of that. It was a huge uh, documentary when it came out. And then, you yeah, know. Well, so was Super Size Me. Um, yeah, but that guy was a Ho boozer. Hoosiers. Oh, okay. That's a very. Now we're back on track, right? Yeah. All right. Rolling Stone's figuring it out, right? Pride of the Yankees. From 1942. Hmm. You know, you think, you're thinking Rolling Stones got it, right? They got it. White men can't jump. White men can't jump. If that was ever a parody of basketball, give me a break. Paco? Yeah, and it was a bad, and it was a bad movie, too. To your it credit? It was a bad movie, um, and I can't stand the title. I think it's a terrible title. Well, at the time, at the time, it pretty much said, it's pretty much told the whole storyline of the movie 
which was that Woody Harrelson couldn't run with the big boys. Yeah, yeah, bad, uh, bad movie. And like I said, I I thought it was bad at the time. Okay, I had no interest in it. Here's a movie from a few years ago called Senna. Senna. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. When we were kings. Oh, that's a good documentary. It's a good documentary. But it's a documentary. It's, it's not a sports film. It's a documentary. Documentaries don't count as sports films. Right. Slapshot with Paul Newman. Mm. The hockey movie, Slapshot. Speaking of which, let me take a break here. Corey, congratulations. Your Flyers eliminated, avoided elimination. Just thought I'd tease you. With the Islanders today. Yes, it's it's uh, it's touch and go. Well, you guys, you guys avoided elimination. So now, now it's three two. Yep, they're staving nice. off, staving off the Islanders. Hey, I'm not an Islander fan. I'm more of a Flyers fan, so I am rooting for you. So I'm, I'm rooting for you. Next one, Bull Durham. Great baseball film, right? Period piece. Great baseball film, right? Caddyshack. Raging Bull, the original Bad News Bears. Now, what do you think the top two are? I couldn't even hazard a guess. Now, I haven't mentioned a lot of good films, right? What do you think the top two are? You're going to tell us. Rocky and the number one film, sports film, according to Rolling Stone, is Hoop Dreams. Oh, Hoop Dreams was a very... But the thing is, it's a documentary. You don't like docs. There's, yeah, there's, it's a documentary. But it's a very famous documentary. In fact, it set a precedent. It, the backstory about how it got uh, snubbed by the Oscars is actually a huge story in of itself, Corey, uh, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was because of uh, um, the guy from Network that died. Um, but unlike Chadwick Boseman, he had a body of work that people respected enough to give him the Oscar on the way out the door. <laughs> Put him boom. <laughs> now, Corey and I were talking earlier about, you know, now that we're in sports, about the fact that um, basketball teams had walked off the courts and um, refused to play, even though it's playoffs in the NBA, they have refused to play in protest of what's going on with the current climate. And I said, I felt like, you know what? If you work at Microsoft or you work at Costco, you can't tell your boss you're not coming into work because you're protesting what's going on in the country right now because they'll probably clean out your desk. I felt like if I own a basketball team and they walked off, to protest something and they're not going to play, I would seriously let them keep walking. They don't have the guts. They don't have the guts to do that, and you know it. I know. They do not have would. the guts because they make. Then you wouldn't make any money. See, see, I mean, people pay millions of dollars to see these people, and that's why the athletes know that they have the power. These owners, deep down, they don't have the guts to do it. You saw Roger Goodell; he caved. 
and he finally said, oh, well, you know, uh, yeah, Colin Kaepernick, yeah, he really did have a point. And then he goes on to say, and Black Lives Matter. Because well, he knew the handwriting was on the wall for him. Well, Goodell, Goodell has bigger problems than that. I mean, you talk about Goodell having to deal with this. The owner of the Redskins, Daniel Snyder, has 57 women that have come forward with sexual harassment and sexual inappropriate um, impropriety charges against him while working for the Redskins. That's a footnote. I'm telling you right now, that's a footnote. They will push that. They will push that under, under a rock. I don't think so. I, you know what I think is going to happen? What's I that? Think gonna, I think they've shined a bright enough light on this because they have forced the NFL to conduct an internal investigation. But as these women have complained individually, they were unheard. As they complained as a group, they're being heard. And it's like the old expression that one gnat can't stop a train, but a billion can. And I think I think Adele is in a position where he may have to call for a meeting, and everyone is going to watch how every owner of every team votes as to whether or not Daniel Snyder is forced, like Donald Sterling was forced out in the NBA. Yeah, and that's fine, and I, but I don't think it's a Goodell problem. I, I think his problem was he caved with the Kaepernick thing, thing, and he admitted that he should have handled it differently. If so you're paying this guy, if you're paying Goodell $44 million a year, that's what he's making. He's making a million three a week. Yeah. You better know what you're doing in that position because that's a hell of a lot of money for a job that really only works nine and a half months a year. Mm -hmm. And he has access to a private jet on top of his salary. I mean, he's being paid handsomely to do this job right. Tagliabue did that job right. Fidel is not is not rising to the level of Tagliabue. Mm -hmm. I I just I think Goodell has got bigger I think he's got bigger problems on the horizon. But I think Snyder I think Snyder is is he think he's got Snyder. I think Snyder's got serious problems. Snyder has problems. Goodell doesn't have problems. I can assure you this and these protests and these other things and keeping these black athletes happy. That is in the forefront of his mind. And just like with the, uh, just like in basketball, yeah, I mean, if they're sick of it, then they had a right, then it was their right to do it because they have the power. Why not use the power? I mean, um, we have seen, and you're from New York. I'm from Philadelphia. You've seen union strikes? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so this is no different. Well, if if your if your union is backing you, that's one thing. But this union in the NBA is in a position where they're forced to back this situation, or look horrible in the eye of the public, and the public are the ticket buying fans. Right. So that's why I'm saying that the athlete has the power, and they're going to seize it. Well, and rightly so. I, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I, I just, I don't know. Um, let me give you an example. 
I mean, you know, we, we play no, ball. No, no, don't give me an example. Just finish your thought. You were getting ready to say. I, I, I was going to say, I was going to say, I would be the person who takes the first step. I would be the person who cuts the tape and says, you know what? You want to walk off the field. You want to walk off the court. You want to leave and protest. No problem. I'll let you leave. I own a franchise. I will replace you. Contracts are done. We're done. Well, a couple things. The contracts are guaranteed. That's number one. And also, um, you wouldn't find anybody to replace your superstar players. You think that you could, but you could not find anybody. If they decided we're not going to play in the playoffs, you can't just pull people off the street. It'll never work. It'll never work. Well, I'll tell you what. And the owners know that. You think you know it? You, you're, you're from you're from Philadelphia. Yes, I'm I from am. New York. And, yes, and I'll tell you what. What and it may be because of the competition, but I've seen some players at up at 125th Street in New York, and they're playing, and these guys are banging their foreheads on the rim. I mean, yeah, that's great. That's I mean, great. I mean, these I guys know. these guys can jump. They got speed. They got game. You think that these guys are irreplaceable? I think yes, they are. I think yes, they're replaceable. They yes, they are irreplaceable. I think they're because the chosen if ones. Could be pros. If these people could be pros, they would be. Let me let me tell you something. In '87, uh -huh. the NFL uh -huh. had a walkout. I know scams, all about it. Scabs came into play. Uh -huh. week, week eight, the uh -huh. scabs began figuring it out, playing well enough that the fans began relating to them, and the players mm -hmm. began to realize. They're going to be forgotten about. They're going to need to cross the picket and get back in and get on the field. No chance, man. You no think they're the only talent out there? Yes. Not only do I think that they're an elite talent, number one, but they also have contracts with Nike and everything, and Nike's not going to stand for it. Nike's not going to stand uh, for you replacing or converse, replacing LeBron James with Joe Smith. I don't think there's anything in anyone's contract that says if you don't like the political climate or you don't like what's going on with the police department, you'll get to sit out or walk off the court. No, it's not in the contract, but they decided they were going to do it, and props to them. They decided they were going to do it because they are sick of what's happening. And I do think, let's say, if you were going through something, any one of us here that is going through something on their job where it gets to be too much, you're going to walk off. Yeah, but you walk off and you leave your job behind. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You leave your but job behind. It's, it's a big difference making 80000 as opposed to making uh, $20 million. Million. Right. 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 I and mean, millions of titles. So they know the power that they have, and they use their power. Now, I do, like, I do like the fact that Michael Jordan and Barack Obama – Combine forces to have a talk with the pr premier marquee face of the of the league, LeBron James, and they told him walking off is not what you need to do. What you need to do is if you want to have change, you need to vote for change. So LeBron, out of pocket, along with some investors, they're opening these arenas where basketball would normally be played, and they're they're turning them into polling spots for people to be able to go to and change things come November 3rd. And that means vote people out. 
vote the people you want in and make those make those moves. We're 50 days out. We're 50 days from from voting for a new president possibly or changing people that are up for re-election or up uh -huh. for election. You can make some decisions. So LeBron James is footing the bill for the most part for these guys to go to various arenas and cast their vote for change. Okay. And that's the move. Well, that's easy to say that's the move because it doesn't uh, directly affect you. So keep that in mind. It's very easy to say that's the move. What do you mean it, it doesn't affect me? People... Because it doesn't, because, because Jack, you're not African-American. Oh, now everybody it knows. Doesn't resonate, it doesn't resonate with you. It won't. I, I, it, I, it, will, it will not. I know. It's like trying to explain color to a blind person. I got it. And so, and so that's where we have people that are sick of it, and they're saying, when is there going to be change? When you have yeah. still people getting shot. 50 days. Oh, yeah. But, you well, know, I mean, you got, people getting, you got people getting shot who are disobeying the police, reaching for a knife, and yeah, they're okay. getting shot. Okay, so let me stop you right there. He was reaching for a knife. He already admitted it. Corey, there's nothing to argue about that. Didn't the surveillance uh, sh camera show that he had a knife? He was holding yes. a knife? Absolutely. He, he, said he, admitted, was reaching. he admitted he was reaching for the knife. He admitted he was reaching for the knife to go after the officer. He's already admitted all this. Okay, I'll double check to see that he said that he was reaching. For yes. It. If you watch all the right. video, he had a knife in his hand. First off, calm down. That's number one. I am because I don't know why I don't know why you would be getting angry over this. I'm not angry. I'm no, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. Oh. Who are you talking I'm to? I'm talking to the other one that chimed in. So I didn't see the video where he admitted that. That's number yeah. one. So here's what we'll do. I will remove Jacob Blake from the equation. That doesn't take away from all of the thousands and tens of thousands of people who in the past who have been lynched, who have been beaten and gone through all those things. So Jacob Blake, I'll give you, without even seeing it, I'll take your word for it. He reached for the knife, he was wrong. That doesn't equate for all the other things that have gone on, that has gone on. So explain that. Oh no, in that regard, you're right. Okay. So regard, I don't want to get stuck, right. I don't want to get stuck on Jacob Blake because it's a hell of a lot more than than him and that's why people are upset about this. And that's why people uh people that are black say, "You know what? I'm sick of this." So it's very easy to say that's the move because it's not necessarily the move. Yeah. Because we don't know if the new president is going to affect change and if it's going to ripple down, if it's going to trickle down to the other states. We don't know that. Well, I mean, I, I stand firm in saying that no matter what happens on November 3rd, the current overseeing administration doesn't seem to be doing anything to really stop this or call for calm or yeah. ask people to relax. Instead, he's tweeting, good patriots. Yeah, well, that's stupid. Here's the thing, that's stupid. He shouldn't be saying it, and I'm pushing him aside. Where are the, where are the governors 
who have the power in the state to make the change. Right. Why are you waiting for the president when you know he's not going to do it? People you don't realize that governors are like the president of the state. Okay. So then let's go with the mayors. Let's go with the city commissioners. Why are you not doing it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so people, everybody seems to want somebody else to figure out the answer. Exactly. Because you know what? Because see, see, here's the thing, and this is why folks are angry, because what it feels like is they don't care. See, because when you care, you actually do something. Hey, I'm a white guy, and I feel like the system doesn't care about black people. Okay, so then, so then you can understand why people, if you do have the power, you say, you know what, I'm gonna use it. I have this power, I have this privilege, Damn it, I'm going to use it. And that's why the ball players are doing it. Right. All right. All right. We, 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 we'll, we'll not get too careful. We'll stay with sports. But I, but I, yeah. I, do have, I do have a problem. I do have a problem with, with the fact that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not some preseason game. These are playoffs. And they're walking Good. off. They're standing there and literally walking off. Like I think, in your face. I think it's beautiful. Hit them, hit them in the wallets and make people care. See, because you do that to make people care. There's no other way to do it. Because you know what? You don't you want that a peaceful walk off rather than uh, uh, rioting and looting? Let me ask you something. Had What's the that? stadium been full of people waiting to see a playoff game, and they went and stepped on the court, everybody except. Um, a player called the Greek Freak, who stayed in the tunnels for this uh -huh. protest thing. But um, if the place had been full, what do you think would have happened with thirty or forty thousand or twenty-five thousand people who came to see a basketball playoff game? And now that now the protest is that they're going back in the locker room. I think you could have had a lot of upset people, and I think you could have had something. I think you could have had. You might have had some uh, rioting there. You might have had some rioting there. Might have? Yeah, you might have, yeah. You might have. Yeah. Well, I, I think that almost for sure there would have been rioting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let, uh, me, let me shift gears because we're going to stay on sports for a little bit. But let me shift gears for a moment. I want to talk about the fact that, Corey, we all live in San Diego. And yes. We love it. We love it here. But Corey's a Phillies fan. I'm a Yankees fan. Yep. As a, and my one my one B is um, the Cubs. And um, so, so um, but living here in San Diego, I'm amazed. That we're, what are we, 35 games into the season of a 60-game season? And oh the Padres are actually winning more games than the Yankees. And they're not just winning. They're, they're calling it Slam Diego. And these guys are killing it. And they, they're, they're 22 and 15, I think, while the Yankees are 20 and 14. Now you tell me what is going on that all of a sudden a team that has been a perpetual doormat and a loser all of a sudden has found a way to win and win in dramatic style. 
I don't know. Maybe they should ask the Houston Astros. They may know something about it. You mean the Astros <laughs> that they just swept? Yeah, them. yeah. I don't know what's going on. I mean, you know, the the Phillies, the Phillies are playing great ball, um, but the Yankees were like the odds-on heavy favorite. You literally had to bet seventeen bucks to win four bucks for the for the Yankees to win the World Series, and the odds were the same for the Dodgers. But now the the Padres are four games out of first place in their division with the best win-loss record in the league. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I don't yeah. know what's going on here. And then and then the GM of the Padres just pulled off a, like, 23-player deal. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Like, everybody get on a plane. <laughs> and the guys show up, and they go, like, two for three or three for three. The pitchers come in. They're striking out everybody. I'm like, this never happens to San Diego. I hear you. Yeah, San Diego is has always been like the back page footnote, no matter how well they do. I mean, and they go to the World Series, and people try to figure out whether or not they'll be swept. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. But uh, but this town is is on fire about the Padres. They may actually get themselves a following, none of which could be in the. You know, at Petco Park to watch the games. Mm-hmm. Now, your your Phillies are doing good. Well, they're five hundred. They've got to do. They've got to do a little bit. I didn't better. say they were doing great. I said your yeah. Phillies are doing good. In a sixty-game season, you hang around five hundred, and once and somewhere along the way, you put a four or five-game win streak together. You find yourself in the playoffs. Before we before we go. Um, I know that um, I spoke to a couple of people that wanted to know how to, what's the information in order for people to get a hold of your series of books, Corey? Well, my goodness, they can just jump right on Amazon uh, and you can get the books on Amazon. That's probably the best place to go for it. I know Barnes and Noble online, they sell it as well. And it's written under Ethan Howard. That is my pen name. So I'm Corey Ramsey, as everybody knows. But I write, I was writing under the pen name and still do. Ethan Howard, look for Tales of the Unexpected, Volume 1 and 2. You can find those. You can find the Opportunist of Death series also on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. So you see Starry Messenger, Enemy of the Human Race, Know Thyself and the End of All Things, the four-part Opportunist of Death series, you can find it there. Look it up, get back to me, and let me know what you think of it. And if you want to enjoy a page-turner, I forgot to tell you, I was I was at the beach, and somebody had one of your books that was sitting near me on the beach. <laughs> I thought that I was going to get it, I was going to engage in a whole conversation, and I thought, you know what, I want to just go hit the surf. But I did think that you would you'd find that interesting. I just thought, boy, that's that's strange. There's your book right there. Um, well, there we so go. that's how you get it. That's how you're able to get a hold of of a Corey's series of books under the pen name Ethan Howard. And you could get a hold of us on Facebook, JV to Prose. We're on Stitcher and iTunes, and um, you could iHeart, iHeart Radio, right? And, and Spotify. 
Spotify, look at him go. And if you want yeah. to send comments or compliments, you can email us at jvtopros at gmail.com. And we're also on Instagram, jvtopros. That's right. So that's the whole package. I'm Jack Vecchio, and we're wrapping up Season 2, Episode 35. And there's my partner, Corey, the Iron Man. Ramsey, who has still not missed a show. It's all due to the CBD, baby. There you go. RBGCBD.com. Go for it. You Paco. know it. And so, um, for job, Paco, the last man standing, of course. I'm sorry, Jack. And uh, Robin with a lie. And the Queen of Queens, our other producer, Miss Karen, the Queen of Queens. I'm Jack Vecchio right. with my partner, Corey Ramsey. And we are signing off. Episode 2. Season two, episode 35 is now in the book. Get him the hell out of here. Get him out of here. Get out. Get him out of here.